Welcome to Front Row Material! It's not for everyone. With Jerry Lynn! And I am going to blow you. Excuse me? And Mikey Whiprack! Out of the water. Here's your host, Mike Freeland! Have you ever heard of anybody, any wrestlers... Uh, either ECW or anywhere else that you were were at in your travels, getting kicked out of hotels, like all of a sudden, either you heard something or all of a sudden you got up the next morning and you're like, where's such and such? Oh, yeah, they got kicked out. Yes, me. <laughs> what? <laughs> well, I find that it hard to believe. It wasn't my fault. It, a friend of mine and I, I think it was in St. Louis. We were there for Ring of Honor. Okay. And I brought a a friend of mine to get him a tryout. Anyway, we had gotten there early before the show, checked into our hotel. And, you know, after the show, I didn't know, but some of the boys after partying and whatever came back to the hotel. And I don't know if they were trying to get rooms or, or no, I, I can't remember how the whole story went, but it, uh, I don't know how many of them, but one especially was giving the front desk girls a hard time. I mean, mm-hmm. I guess custom calling them dirty names. I mean, I didn't even know this. Jeez. So anyway, after we were out partying, we're coming back to the hotel, and we had this guy with us who was the troublemaker, and we didn't know it. And as we came in the front door and we're going to the elevator, the woman behind the desk says, oh, no. She says, you guys are out. And I said, what? I'm like, what are you talking about? And she says, you guys are out. And I said, well, can we at least, uh, I didn't know what went on. And then this guy starts cussing at her again. (laughs) And I'm just like, what is going on? And I'm yelling at this guy. I said, get out. I said, just get out of the lobby. And, you know, and so at least they let me and my buddy go up and get our bags. And then we had to go find another hotel somewhere. But wow. I didn't even know why. Why? I know. Just because this guy was with us, we were guilty by association. Well, let me ask you this question. You, you don't have to name names, but is, is this person known for being a little erratic, maybe? So this might not be considered uncommon for them to get themselves involved in a... I don't think so. Hmm. Interesting. Interesting. Yeah. So, so did you find a new hotel? I think we ended up just calling a friend who lived in town and stayed there because we were, we were, we were trying to save, you know, we didn't want to have to spend more money because we already spent money to check into this hotel. So we ended up staying at a friend's place. Meanwhile, this guy goes and gets his own hotel room somewhere else. I'm thinking, you just cost us a hotel room. Right, and you're not even willing to help us find a new place to stay? My God. Exactly. Is there anybody, and you feel free to name names if you want or you don't have to, but is there anybody in wrestling, whether you love them or not, I will not room with this person. Like, I love you to death. We work great together, but I I can't be in a, a bedroom with you. Anyone in particular? I don't know how, you know, I love traveling with Al Snow, but he is the loudest snorer I have heard in my life. 
Jesus. Yes. Yeah, I would have to take a pillow probably at least three, four times a night and reach all the way across in between the beds and smack him with my pillow so he'd wake up and roll over because he snorts. So, oh, I don't know how I, how I lasted that long traveling with him. But I, we had a blast, though, together. But, uh, yeah, Al's great. He's hilarious. We had always had fun together. Even when we'd go work out in gyms, we had a great time. But, uh, no, I, I don't know. I can't think of anyone offhand. What's going on, Mr. Whipperack? I'm here. Oh, oh my God. <laughs> Sounds tuned up. Woo! So- sounds like he's fully lubricated. The libations are flowing. Woo! I'll be fully lubricated later when I go to bed. Oh, boy. Oh, wow. So you just, you just missed it, or you're, at least you're in the midst of it. So I guess we're on a commercial break. So... X-Pac, Jerry Lynn, and Mantar are all in a car heading up to where? Where would they be heading to? Yep. It was probably the Upper Peninsula of Michigan. It doesn't fucking matter, Jerry. It's still <laughs> Michigan. It's still fucking Michigan. God, how many times are you going there? So, And guess where they're headed? Yeah, they're heading to Bastion Booger's house. So pick up the story. So Bastion... Invite you in the house. No, it wasn't and then his he just house. Says, it was just after the show. He we were following him where he was putting us up, and it was some old okay. abandoned house. So wait, okay. was it Bastion or Mantar? No, Mantar was with us. It was me. Mantar was X-Pac in the car. And Mantar. We uh, he was Mantar was living in Minneapolis for a short time, and so all three of us drove up to Michigan to work for Mike Shaw. Gotcha. And after the show, we follow him. And it's some old abandoned house. We all walk in with our bags, and he leaves. So the three of us are sitting there for a few minutes, and finally we just say, let's just go get our own hotel room. But I couldn't believe he was putting us up in some old abandoned house. I I'm, I, I can believe it. Hold on. <laughs> yeah, you could. Hold, hold on. I, I got I to gotta ask the question. So between you, Sean, and uh, – and the Borden's cow, uh, Mantar. No one thought this was ah. weird that you were. Go- <laughs> <laughs> oh, we that thought you it were was just weird. going. You were going into an abandoned house. Ha- like it's abandoned. It's it's not. And then Bastion Booger just shows you in and then leaves. Well, he shows us. You know, here is a, a couch, couple couches, and I, I can't remember what he said, but we were just sort of. I think we were in shock. <laughs> I would completely be in shock right now. Wow. I, what did I walk into? Well, first it was an abandoned house, and then it was a hua house. <laughs> <laughs> wow. That's insane. That's, that's insane. Wow. You know what? I'm going as Mantar for Halloween this year. We always go to a couple's party. I'm going the Mantar furry. Yeah, I'm 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 ditching the whole furry thing now. Whole Scooby costume is just it's starting to like um if you're a mantar, the furry you're, you're, you're just off. a furry from the top up. This, this is true. I can just be my normal body. I have the Mick Foley body. So all I got to do is put on the big buffalo head and I'll be set to go and I think I can uh, locate one. So I'm excited. Yeah, but you probably sound funnier selling as Scooby. Yeah. Give it to me, Shaggy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, 
Uh-oh. So, so I'm going to ask the question, what, what was Mantar like as a per, as a person? Stop my what was he like? <laughs> oh <my God. laughs> oh my God. Suck my cock. Rock. Rock. I got tears. Break it rough. I break it rough. Question for both of you. Question. Um, you guys are the PWI 500s come out. I know Mikey has just commented already about that. I'm ranked. You are ranked. What? You are ranked. Yeah. You're in the 500. Really? Well, I'm not the 500. Oh. Let me see what my rank is. But the the, the, <laughs> the 500 did come out. Um, I, I guess they're not. Honorable mention? I am ranked. Hold on. Hmm. 377,544,766,066. So you're saying there's a chance. There's a chance. I made it. I heard that information from Bobby Heenan's longtime secretary, Miss Betty. <laughs> Did you guys see who's in the top ten? I haven't even seen it. I didn't even know it was out until you guys you mentioned it. Would you like for me to tell you who's in the top ten? Oh, and sure. then you you guys can tell me because you got the pulse in the wrestling world. If you would throw other people Nothing, no disregard to or disrespect for anybody who's on the list. But do you feel like some people who are not in the top ten, as in the best wrestlers, whatever their qualifications may be to determine that, should be on that list? Does that sound fair? Sure. Sure. So. What? Someone's getting tased. All right. So Seth Rollins is one. Daniel Bryan is two. AJ Styles is three. Kofi Kingston is coming in at four. Okada is at five. Johnny Gorgano is at six. Roman Reigns is at seven. Omega at eight. Tanahashi at nine. And Will Ospreay at ten. So it's a work. So. <laughs> it seems like it. No Orange Cassidy? What's going on with that, huh? I know. What's, he what's, took a very laid-back approach. So he didn't, uh, nope. <laughs> he didn't politic very much. No, no MJF? No Brian Cage? I don't you look at this it. list next year. Yes. It's completely different. You'll see some of the aforementioned names, I believe, much, much higher on the list. I would love to see some other names, but... Guess what? 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 Hello? Are you there? Can you hear me? Yes, I can. I knew guys, it. guess who's joining us? Uh, what's up? So if you haven't figured it out yet, guys, joining us right now on the uh, on the hotline is Blue Meanie. How you doing, buddy? Good, man. Pretty cool. I haven't talked to these guys in a while. Are you still in Philly or are you headed to Chicago? Unfortunately, uh, I am still in Philly. Uh, I was not booked. I will be on my trampoline this weekend. Oh! Hold <laughs> <laughs> yeah. my calls. Oh, all day. All day, brother. 
But uh, <laughs> come down there. Did I ever give you the story of how uh, Hold My Call started? No, no. So uh, you know, and for those unaware, on my social media, anytime I go to McCurs and I check in, I provide a, a photo of what I am drinking with the phrase "Hold My Calls." So uh, shit, maybe eight years ago, I don't know, something like that. Uh, me and Mrs. Meany were up her way in uh, Connecticut, and we went to go to the local diner where, where, where she lives, and I, I check in on Foursquare when that was a thing. God. And then, you know, we're, you remember that? Yeah. And uh, we're having our, our meal, and then, like, out of, like, a scene out of a fucking movie, a waitress comes over to me with a cordless phone. He goes, uh, are you Brian? I go, yeah. And she hands me the fucking phone, and it's a fucking, like, eight-year-old kid on the phone going, hi, Blue Meanie. The kid saw me. <laughs> what? The kid you saw on Foursquare. Me. He saw me checking on Foursquare, so he called the diner. And the kid had the you know, bright idea to call the diner and then, like, start talking to me. And I was like, and and but Mrs. Me just reminded me the best part it was it was on April Fool's Day. It was April first, so I'm like, who's ribbing me, right? But it was, it was legit a little kid. So now, anytime I check in someplace, not only do I I usually you know, except for McCuskers, I usually check out when I'm leaving, so they don't call. And when I check in McCuskers, I can say I calls ever since then. You know, I don't I want to be interrupted while I'm drinking my beer. Wow. Hope my calls. How is Mrs. Meany? Uh, she's doing great. She's doing great. Send her my love, my friend. Uh, Mike, he sends his love, hon. Me too. And Jerry. What's she working on? What project is she working on now? Uh, she's working on our uh, Halloween costumes. Oh. Which which usually top secret until we unveil them. Okay. Um, Interesting. Yeah, usually we debut them at McCusker's, but they'll... Last year we were in England for the Eagles game, and then the, this year we're going to uh, Buffalo for the Eagles game. But we're going to spend a couple of days in Toronto with some of my uh, wrestling buddies up there. So we'll have spent Halloween two years in a row in another country. So we'll uh, do do some Halloweeny type stuff up in the, up north, you know, up in uh, Bob and Doug McKenzie land. Nice. Did you go to Greektown? Yes, was that? Was awesome. it was amazing. Hey, it was yeah, dude, it was everything you said and more. You know, awesome. Uh, you know, Channing Decker runs a great promotion up there, man. Uh, they have a great crowd, a great rabbit crowd, and uh, I'd love to go back up there to the work. This time I'm going up there for pleasure, but I would definitely love to work for him again. Did you hang out with our friend Lucha Freddy? Dude, I love Lucha Freddy. Isn't he great? Dude, I just want to hug him. He, he's he's just a great. He's a funny guy too. He hits you with some. He does. Some good, like out of nowhere, he'll hit you with a line, and you're just like, "That's brilliant." <laughs> <laughs> and then you get mad at yourself for not thinking of it first, you know? Yeah. Yeah. But uh, yeah, yeah. Fucking Lucha Freddy, man. He's the man. If, if anybody out there listening, go uh, YouTube Lucha Freddy. He's the best. Oh, he definitely is. Ask him about Brexit. He loves it. Oh, I can only imagine. I can only imagine. <laughs> Everybody asks him as he's an expert. 
he told me to call you uh, something, but I totally forgot what it was. Like a like a flower or something. I don't know. Petal. What it was. Petal. He calls, I, I, calls he me petal. Him, he calls him a petal. And I was like, all right. He's not going to punch me. I was like, Freddie, he might even punch me if I call him that, will he? You know? And he assured me you wouldn't, so no, that's cool. No. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he's, he's a good time. Do you uh, do you have any stories or any memories of uh, Mike Shaw? Mike Shaw, oh, Bastion Booger, right? Bastion Booger, yes. Norman the Lunatic, the poor bastard. I <laughs> Norman the Lunatic. He's just you know Norman the Lunatic. You know all kinds of good stuff. <laughs> oh, you mean Bastion Booger? Uh, <laughs> well, at least I don't remember fucking Friar Ferguson or whatever that shit was. He was for a couple well, weeks. Yeah. Plus, years before that, wasn't he like Mockham Singh? Or something like that. I can sing, and the singer sure was the Karachi Cruncher or something like that. He was a uh, dude, and the thing is, they gave him those gimmicks, but he was actually a, a good worker. You know, yes. he was like he was like one of Owen Hart's favorite guys to wrestle with because he was always a good uh, base for like Owen's high flying stuff. So, uh, I, I, he was a, a good worker. They got saddled with some uh, some some crazy characters, but uh, I only met him once. Uh, I met him when I started training with Al and I was doing a show up in Michigan and then like the upper peninsula. Fuck somewhere. Again. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> My bad. No, <laughs> but, uh, no, nah, I personally, not really. Uh, I met him like once he's a good dude, but you know, uh, I just know him from, uh, basically what I've seen on TV. We went through some uh, some gimmicks last week that we thought were some of just the worst. Do you have any gimmicks that you can recall that you thought, oh, my God, who the hell thought of this? This is terrible. Oh if my you repeat God. one, Meanie, that we said, we're going to give you the family feud buzzer. <laughs> <laughs> Richard Dawson, try again. Oh, my God. There's so many of them. Uh, probably... And I'm not saying speaking ill of the, the worker, but the gimmick itself was probably uh, who? Amp train. <laughs> oh, you said somebody who said that. We did really, and that that was on our list. My heart was great, but what the what was that all about? I wish I wish I would have had the foresight to ask him about that. But uh, you know when we, maybe, you know maybe when we did, didn't we mention did. it all was. We forgot to mention the red rooster. Yeah, that sucked dick. And, <laughs> oh and another, <laughs> Jesus! What? Not, <laughs> suck Tudis? Suck the old dirty pickle. <laughs> <laughs> nah, I'm seeing Tracy's phrases over here. But uh, yeah, yeah. Talk about another fucking great worker who just got saddled it was almost like a rib I don't know like who he had it had to be dude I was the biggest Terry Taylor mark up until that point you know you know Mid-South and UWF oh yeah I loved him in the UWF that was my thing that that was my that when I was a fan that was my ECW Uh, you know you know everybody talks about you know I mean a lot of ECW fans and you know they pass it down to their kids like it's a family heirloom me, I tell people when I was, you know, when I was a fan, UWF was my shit because you, you really had to look for it to find it because it was like on this 
UHF station in in Central Jersey that we got in Atlantic City, and <clears throat> it, the only thing on that channel was the weather and UWF. And, <laughs> and you know, you know, I'd always seen Terry Taylor in the magazines and all that good stuff, and then I finally got to see him wrestle in the UWF. I became a huge fan, and then he goes, and then I hear he went to the WWF, and I I was excited. I, oh man, and so I. Well, <laughs> at first, I bet. But uh, he wrestled Kurt Henning on some show in Milwaukee at a stadium. I was like, oh, that's a perfect match. Well, no pun intended. That's a perfect match. But, uh, yeah, and then they, he started. And then it was just like this weird thing on primetime wrestling where, like, Bobby Heenan, Chris and the rest, he's like, from now on, you're the Red Rooster. I'm like, what the fuck is that? <laughs> <laughs> Holy shit! That, I mean, and Bobby Heenan's smart. I mean, like he's a genius, right? Red Rooster. I, that's what you, you know, the spell out, Bobby. I mean, come on. Did you but ever hear? Did you ever hear the the story that Bruce Pritchard tells? Is how he got the name Red Rooster? No, uh, no. Well, I might have. Evid- but refresh. Ev- evidently. As the story goes, he was pretty cocky and arrogant, and I guess when he had one of his first meetings with Vince McMahon, that was the impression that he gave off, was that he was just arrogant, cocky, you know, just kind of strutting around. smell a little foul? And, yeah, (laughs) he thought he was trying to be the next Ric Flair. So, you know, he decided to to call this guy who was strutting around the Red Rooster. Oh. That's how it has been. That's the way I know it. Now, if there is any other differences in that, I, that I don't know. But that's that's what I've come to believe. Like he, like he was the cock of the walk. Cock of the walk, my friend. I've got it. He's the cock of the walk. We'll call him. <laughs> we'll call him a red rooster. <laughs> He's gonna. He's gonna. He's gonna puke. He's gonna puke. Hey, gonna puke. <laughs> you you probably have already known this, and, and I'll make this my only reference to this uh, meaning. But you brought up uh, you brought up the genius. Yeah. Uh, I just saw on YouTube where he was giving an interview and he was actually telling about his, uh, his, his, his party uh, trick. Yeah. No, No, I just wanted to know if, if, if you knew, I saw the interview a couple nights ago. That's all I'm going to say. Are you aware of his, uh, party trick? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. And, uh, from what I heard back in some (laughs) of the territories, they would charge the boys five dollars to walk in the locker room and just like and for my next trick <laughs> and then just, he would just wow like they would like they charge the boys to watch him it was like a bet it's like ah oh, i bet he Lanny can you know gimmick his own gimmick and uh <laughs> <laughs> make his own gimmick <laughs> and, i'm and stealing it, that it, yeah it was almost like a side bet and uh, I, 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 he won. <laughs> he won. And lost. <laughs> he won and lost. I'm <laughs> <laughs> Oh, 
Wow. I did that, Matt. That one almost <laughs> fell off, fell off the couch. You broke back. Wow. I did a movie with him. Me? Don't go any further. What was it called? <laughs> Sneaking the gimmick. Yeah, yeah. We gimmick the gimmick. Uh, no, it's called Curse of the Wolf. It's actually pretty good. There's one of those cheesy, like drive-in movie type horror flicks, and uh, I play a member of a a wolf pack. No, you know, no pun intended. Like, Row! like not not like NWO wolf pack, just like a straight up wolf pack. And he's like the uh, guy trying to kill us and stuff like that. But he was actually nobody knew what he was going to do. But at the end of the movie, we're like, God damn, Lanny, it was uh, it's pretty good. If you were to be recast in a movie, Mikey, what do you think that you could be dropped into? Debbie does Dallas. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say taxi driver. Yeah. <laughs> I think. Oh my god, that'd be perfect. Down. Ooh, dude, dude, that movie, that movie became like a documentary on my life. That, that's I, every every day driving to work. I think the same thing. Yeah. I'm like, oh. Yeah. You know, people know me as Meanie. I mean, he's a nice guy. You haven't seen me behind the wheel of a car. It's just, oh. <laughs> How about that? I think Mikey would be good in that. Uh, I, it hasn't come out yet that. The, have you seen the trailer for The Joker? Ooh, oh, how good does good. that look? That looks that, great. That looks really good. It, it kind of creeped me out. You kind of created like the trailer kind of creeped me out. Oh, I loved it. It was so good. Oh, I mean, in a good way, but yeah, yeah, yeah. Like how much weight did he lose for that, for that role? I don't know, but I'm sure I found it. I mean, you and me both. I think I should, I think oh. I should be the Joker just so I can lose weight. <laughs> oh my God. You guys are terrible. <laughs> okay. I'm ready. No, Mikey. No, we, we didn't cast you to play the Joker. You're Oswald Cobblepot. so speaking of people who you would not think would be in a movie i did not know meanie was in a movie uh is that able to be searched like uh imdb or something like that um there's like a period of time where i worked with this uh one director out of Erie, Pennsylvania, Erie, Pennsylvania, named Len Kapitsinski, and he has a production company called Killer Wolf Films. And nice. uh, the first movie I did with him was uh, Swamp Zombies, which had like okay. it was me, Dan Severn, and a few uh, a few other guys. And then he brought me back for Curse of the Wolf, and I started doing all these other movies. And uh, it was just fun, man. It's just you know, cheesy fun. Uh, there's DVDs out there, stuff like that. Yeah, I've I've tried to do some acting and stuff like that, and uh, it's a new challenge, you know. And the cool, absolutely. And the cool thing about you know the acting thing is people like people who do movies regularly are like impressed by wrestlers on how we could just pretty much do it in like one take and just you know. Uh, no, while they're all you know studying the scripts, we just you know get the bullet points and deliver the lines, and that's about it. You know, we're used to doing it on the fly, like weekly and live. You know, without a net. Guy working the van. I'll reference there. So yeah. 
Has any of you guys seen Tales from the Dead Zone? No. That is a uh, Corey Feldman, Bret Hart movie that they uh, co-starred in. Yeah, I did not know that he was in a movie. Any good? But, uh, this, I have not seen it yet, but uh, it, it, from uh, his look in the movie, it's it's post wrestling. So, yeah, I, I almost want, I almost want to say now that you mentioned, I almost want to say I kind of heard of it, maybe, and maybe it, maybe okay. I know he just did a movie where he plays like a mob boss or something like that. Okay, but I don't know. If, that's it, but. Yeah, I guess Brett's, you know, he's pretty good. He was on that TV show, Loans of Dove. And uh, I think he was in something else, too. I can't remember, but I know I'm not helping the uh, the cause here. But <laughs> <laughs> Oh, man. So, uh, so, where'd you, so, Mikey. So, where'd you guys place in the fi- uh, PWI 500? Uh, 34, uh, 377 <laughs> billion. What was the number? Yeah. I, I just missed it. Missed it by that much. 99? <laughs> Dude, I keep forgetting. Like, it's like one of those things where you guys send in your stuff. I keep forgetting in my stuff. And I go, oh, I should send in my stuff. And they're like, oh, the list is out. And uh, next year. Oh. <laughs> uh. So how is that completely determined? Is it just – I mean it's got to be based upon something, right? Because – I'm sure they got the, the, the guys and the companies figured out and stuff like that. But After like the top like 30. <laughs> right. Dude, I, I don't even know if I'm in it. Seriously, I don't, I don't know. I know every year like they, they ask you to send in like a little bio and stuff like that. Back in like in the days when like you didn't have to worry about that when we were in ECW, uh, I, I, I what you call it? Do you guys know my backstory with Bill Laughter? No, no. no. Long story short, I ran in. I, I know, I know, I'm getting off of the <laughs> side bar here, but it, it has to do with my PWI 500, where uh, I met Bill Laughter as a teenager in Atlantic City. In a mall, and he was in town doing a, a photo shoot for a boxing magazine, and I marked out, and then I found out where he was doing the photo shoot, and he asked me to be his assistant. Long story short, so you know, because he needed batteries or something, I helped him find batteries, all stuff, blah blah blah. After the uh, the photo shoot, he's like, "Hey, you want to get some meat before I go back to New York?" I was like, "Yeah, oh, yeah, that'd be cool." He treated me to lunch. Well, the only place open was like this little ice cream shop, right? So me and Bill after have ice cream, I help him carry all his cases to the bus. He goes back to New York. Years later, uh, I just started wrestling and uh, I'm with Al Snow. He's doing his first loops for ECW. So I drove out and uh, while he's in town, they're like, the guys from PWI are like, come by the studio. Let's take some studio shots. Like, and he's like, all right, cool. So I go along for the ride. I walk into the PWI studios there in Pennsylvania. Bill after looks at me and it looks like he has seen a ghost. And he goes, Oh my God, you're that kid. Oh my God. You're that kid. <laughs> and I'm like, uh, 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 and he grabs me by the arm and takes me over to like Stu Sachs, editor in chief. He goes, remember that time I told you about the kid in Lake city, blah, blah, blah. 
turns out when he went back to New York after the photo shoot and treated for me, he treated me to ice cream. He handed in all his uh, receipts to get reimbursed. And Stu Sex was like, "What's this for ice cream?" He goes, "Yeah, I met some kid. He helped me with a photo shoot." And Stu Sack goes, "Yeah, right. I ain't paying for your ice cream." So, <laughs> so every year, that's awesome. So every year, every trip, Bill would come back to the office. Stu Sack would go, "Oh, let me guess. Is there ice cream in here too?" So, <laughs> so he he takes me to Stu Sacks, Blah blah blah. I joined ECW, and then eventually they started included me into the PWI 500. If you look at my bio in the early PWI 500, there's always like a reference to ice cream. They're like, "Oh, uh, Blue Meanie, Three Pounds, ECW, da 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 da." Prefers Hagen Dazs or something like that. <laughs> so it's like my PWI, my my bio is like uh, ice cream based in the in the descriptions. Everything's a fucking rib. Everything. It is. It is. And so those are the best ribs, though. Those are the best ribs. You know, other people scratch their head. You're like, ah, that's kind of cool. This who I just found out is number four forty two. Who? Channing Decker. Ah. Oh. Wow! Made the five hundred. Yeah. He made. He uh, he just did a WWE tryout too up in Canada. Did he? Yeah, yeah, he's, he was like on the uh, the WWE homepage too. They're like, oh, you know, here's the uh, tryouts up in Canada right before SummerSlam, and he was in the, the videos, and he looks great. Uh, I have to reach out to him, see how he's doing, how he did. You know, you like I love when when Terry Funk when they have the empty read match with Jerry Lawler. And Lawler comes in with his crown and everything else, and Funk goes, "Lawler, you jackass! There's nobody here." <laughs> He was the best. Like I remember one point Dusty Rhodes going, This man (laughs) like they're like they brought up the name Terry Funk. He's like, This man has slandered me, baby. (laughs) Because like no no matter what the opportunity, Terry Funk always had a you know, a promo ready for Dusty Rhodes at any point and any time. <laughs> this man, baby. This man. I don't know what the deal is, baby. I don't know what I had done to him for him to slander me, baby. <laughs> you know. God damn it, Dusty Rose. Never trust a man whose ass is wider than his shoulders. <laughs> well, there goes my cold brew. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, Brian Blair. Son of a bitch. (laughs) It's like a sneak attack. Yeah. It was. I wasn't expecting it. Oh my god. It's like a a really cool version of Tourette's where you could just do wrestling impersonations. Instead of swear words, you know. The Sheik has been banned in my house. What? Oh, yeah. What? Since when? Oh, it's it's, it's for a long time now. See, I'll do things and they'll just get banned. Like Randy Savage was banned for a while. 
Iron Iron Sheik is banned. Andre the Giant got banned, believe it or not. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys, I got to take a powder. God damn it, Freeland! Well, well, hold sure on. He's we, gotta leave. Hey, he's got to go to Chicago. He's got to yeah. go to All Out in two. <laughs> Boo! Electric book. Boo to Jerry. Uh, Thanks a lot, Jerry. You're welcome. We don't want to. Do, we don't want to do fan Gosh. questions anyway. Yeah, I enjoy fan questions. Fuck it. But I gotta go. So I gotta take an early powder. All right, Jer. All right. I'll talk to you guys Night. later. Night, Jer. All right. See ya. Well, Thanks for the care there. package. Love You're you welcome, guys. Jer. Okay. Do do Terry Funk as Vince again right after he shot Marvin in the face. Oh, what does he say? I shot Marvin in the face. <laughs> I tried to all over you. The fucking beans are all over them and shit. Uh, How did I a speed bump or something? Oh man, I shot Marvin in the face. I didn't mean to do it. It was an accident. Must have been a pothole or something. God damn it. <laughs> <laughs> But that's that's the noise. Anytime that we're 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 doing the graphs, the conventions or anything else like that, and something happens that I'm just like, oh, like I just can't take it anymore. You'll just hear me at, throughout the room. You'll hear me just go, ah, <laughs> the Terry Funk exasperation noise. Dude, it fits. It fits uh, any fucking occasion. Yep. And I could be like, yo, Fester, give me a funk. <laughs> All right, you ready for a couple of questions here, gentlemen? I've been ready. I've been standing here for three hours waiting. I'm ready. All right, Dave Fuck. Curtis writes Damn. in. Oh, sorry. oh, I'm sorry, Curtis. <laughs> <Wow>. <laughs> Jesus. Let's st- let's start that again. Uh, I even read it wrong, so my bad. Curtis Dare. And uh, Curtis Dare is at CMDare0816 on Twitter. He says, any word yet, Mikey, on when we're going to get Sinister Minister to join you guys? Oh, it's coming. It's coming. I'm excited. I shot Curtis in face. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't mean to do it as an accident. It was a complete, it was really, I didn't mean it. I was just kidding. I'm just here. I didn't mean it. I'm, 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 I'm. Now I have fucking, I stutter. What am I talking about? I don't know. Hey, how you doing out there, Mike Freeland? You're okay. Your name is Freeland, but you don't give anything away for free. You're Freeland. Free, free, free. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. I lost my shit. That's the end. This is perfect at having Meanie with here. Either one of you boys, how did you feel about the crucifixion angle? God, that keeps coming up. Um, Meanie, obviously you were there. We may or may not have touched upon this the last time you were on, but crucifixion angle, uh, your thoughts looking back now, what was your take on the whole thing? Shit, I I was one of the guys uh, participating in the uh, the crucifixion. I know. Um, (laughs) That's right. Yeah. Yeah, I, I I I was a little uncertain going into it. I was like, but like you know, I'm uh, I was the new guy in the in the company, so who who might have rocked the boat? 
So I was like, uh, okay. And, uh, it was definitely <laughs> awkward, man. It's just like, sometimes you, you get into a groove and like you do like something to match and you're so into the zone. You don't hear the crowd sometimes, but this time, you know, we were doing this. I didn't hear the crowd. And then the reason why I didn't hear, cause like they were, everybody was pretty much just in stunned silence, you know? And, uh, I, I was a little uneasy to it. I was a little uneasy doing it. And then once I got back to the locker room, I saw the boys reaction and, uh, I was like, yeah, man, this, this wasn't cool. You know, and especially you know, growing up, uh, I was raised Catholic and stuff like that. And, you know, I went to Catholic school, all that good stuff. And, you know, my grandmom's heart core Catholic. I was like, man, if this airs and my grandma sees it, ugh. That's that's some you know major heat right there you know, but uh you know luckily they didn't air luckily it didn't air, but uh I remember standing yeah next to the steps they go up to to where the hard camera was you know the same steps Paulie stood on in beyond the mat when he gave the uh, the pre pay per view speech Kurt Angle comes flying down those steps and like walks by me almost like you know not intentionally but like kind of shoulder bumps me I'm like oh oh. That's the Olympic guy. You know, I did, I was, you know, I see him walk by and then, you know, you hear the bout to fall out afterwards. And then, you know, Raven went to the ring and, you know, uh, apologized. And, uh, you know, it's, it's one of those, you know, it, it's one of those things where you're just like, you know, you always try to you know, do something to push the envelope or, you know, step over the line a little bit, find out where the line is and just, you know, put a, a foot over it, you know, see how the crowd reacts. But just that night was, it was, that, that was one of the few things, few, few hit misses, you know, and you see that I'll be where it just, it just didn't land. And, uh, it was the wrong kind of heat, you know, there's, there's heat, heat. And then there's, you know, uh, you know, you didn't want to burn that, you know, burn the town, you know, you know, you didn't want to burn the, you know, burn the company, burn the city, burn the fans, you know, because, you know, if somebody gets offended and they'll come back the next month, you know, you're screwed, you know? So luckily, uh, you know, didn't have too much of a backlash where, you know, if it happened today and the day it's social media, Holy shit! It probably would have been on like CNN or something like that. Everybody would have had the camera phones out, and you know, been all over YouTube and Twitter and all that stuff. And God knows what it would have done to the company in this day and age if somebody had done that, you know. But uh, luckily, it happened, you know, and it didn't. It, you know, it was quickly forgotten about. You know, sort of, kind of, not totally, but that you know, because that's why I'm answering the question, but. Yeah, it definitely sucked. It wasn't good. It wasn't good at all. Mikey, did I ever ask you what your thoughts were on that whole thing? See, for me, it's it was a wrestling angle. I, like I didn't, you know, I didn't think anything of it. Yeah, I just remember coming through the locker room, and some of the guys were just like looking at us, like, you know, with the side eye. I was like, ah, shit. You know, I just, I was like, okay, well. That was interesting. Not my cup of tea, but okay. Whatever. Uh, and that was from Mojo Riverfish EJ Miller, who's a, a fan of the show. Um, this can go for either one of you guys. Any angle that was ever pitched to you guys you refused to do or you just didn't want to be a part of? 
oh my God, uh, it was in uh, Reading, Pennsylvania, and we're doing the fucking parodies, and uh, we were doing we we're doing pretty good with all the parodies. Raven won at won at me, Stevie Nova, and Miss Patricia to be uh, the Jackson Five. Oh my god! And which didn't make sense. There was four of us, but we wanted. <laughs> and uh, he wanted us to fucking dress up, put on Afro wigs, wear the, the you know the outfit, and he wanted us to paint our fucking faces black. And I was like, me and Steve are like, we, we, Scotty, we can't do this. We, we this is bad. <laughs> you know, so, <laughs> so I, I, you know, I don't think you're worrying about it. I mean, what are you worrying about, really? I mean, uh, it'll be funny, you know. Uh, so, it'll pop the boys. So. So I figure I had this, this foolproof plan to get the fuck out of it, right? I go over to New Jack. I go, <laughs> oh God. I go, Jack, man. And um, this guy's got this idea, man. He goes, what's that? I go, uh, well, he wants us to be the Jack's five. <laughs> and he wants us to wear the Afrowigs. <laughs> and, uh and, uh, and I'm getting bubble guts as I'm saying it to him, you know, I'm like, and I'm like, oh, you know, and I go, and, uh, he wants us to paint our faces black. <laughs> I, I was like, like, really? I was like, can you, can you, you know, maybe, you know, tell me you, you don't want us to do it. He goes, no, nah, I want to see you do it. I love the Jackson five. I was like, Jack, I'm Jack. No, you're supposed to be my ally, Jack. Yeah, you know, but you know we fucking did it, and it sucked. And uh, thank I, I hope I'm not jinxing myself. I hope there's no fucking footage of it there. But you know, that's the that's the one where I was just like, Mikey, what about you? Well, the only one off the top I can think of is they wanted Danny Dorian to be Danny Whipwreck. Not that it was a dumb idea. I mean, nothing against, again, nothing against Danny. But I'm just like, I, I mean, I don't want to be Mikey Whipwreck. I fucking, so we want to be fucking Danny Whipwreck. <laughs> <laughs> you were looking out for him. In a way, yeah, because, like, I thought it was going to suck. Like, I, I didn't think the people in Philly would fucking get into it at all. I thought it just yeah, I thought it just suck because they they would just know he wasn't my brother. They just knew it was just bullshit. It'd be like another Lance von Eric or something like that. Yeah, I just didn't you know I just didn't think it'd be any good. Me and uh, Al were watching Danny wrestle up and Revere at the dog track, right? Right. And we're 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 popping for him. We were like we're me and Al were just watching him wrestle. We're coming up for ideas. I was like. Yeah, man, he's, he's, he's that sleazy kind of look, and Al's popping. You know, or Al said that, and I popped. I was like, yeah, he should do like a, a porn star gimmick, you know? And we started, you know, doing the whole listen off, you know, hey, you may know me from this movie, you know, uh, you know Saving Private Ryan, Shaving Private Ryan's or Rambone or something like that or whatever. We're coming up with all these porn titles, right? And we, we're like, holy shit, let's go down and fuck, you know, and this finisher could be the money shot, right? 
and me and fucking Al walk over to Paul Pauly, and we pitched the whole pitch, you know, and talking about Danny and the porn star and all this stuff. He goes, and Paul looks at us, shakes us, shakes our hands, looks in our face, and goes, "That's a great idea. You both just came up with a great gimmick for for Danny Doring." And then, like six months later, "Hello, lady." <laughs> Yep. Wow. He took the idea and sold it to fucking WWE. He gave it to WWE. As like you we were like, I was like, oh come on, man. Ah, oh, come on. Uh, yeah, he's gonna have the fucking. It's, and he was gonna have like the spank rag and stuff like that and shit like that. And then yeah, mm-hmm. you know, Val Venus comes out with the towel and I'm like, oh come on. But and there it is. Yeah. And the ironic thing, I went to WWE. And uh, I wound up fucking helping Val Venus with some of his promos. Like, he would come up to me asking me for ideas and stuff like that. You know, we'd be at TV, and I'd be like, you know, you can say this or that. We'd bounce ideas with each other. I was like, this is kind of ironic. Hmm. <laughs> Don't you think? I have another question here. And, Mikey, I'm going to let you field this one because I think this one speaks for itself. Adam writes in, why do you guys bother doing an open 35 minutes into a show when you already have one automated at the beginning of every show. Because Jerry wants to. There you go. Do Mike and Jerry think the the Wednesday night wars between AEW and NXT will bring back a number of casual fans who were watching – who aren't watching wrestling just like they did during the Monday night wars? What's your thoughts now? Since Jerry's not here. Meanie, I want you to jump in on this one as well. Do you think these Wednesday Night Wars, I don't know who's calling them the Wednesday Night Wars, but do you think this is something that's going to be as big, or do you think it's uh, it's a bunch of hype for something that's not going to be that much? It's definitely going to be interesting. I mean, uh, I mean, damn, man. I mean, they couldn't have picked uh, – well, it's like NXT's owned the Wednesday Nights for like the last five years, right? Uh, it's like, but they've only been on the network. Yeah, but still, that's been their night, really. And uh, right, I don't know, man. I hope, I hope both do well. I, I really want both to do well. I want everybody to make a million dollars. I want everybody to do great. But it's gonna be, it's gonna be crazy, man. It's gonna be crazy to see how fans react. You know, uh, you know, WWE you know, hired all these indie guys that were like, I mean, great workers, but a lot of them are like huge on the indies. And I hate to use the term indie darling. Right. Yeah. But, but you know, they, they're over on the indies, super popular and stuff like that. Now you got this other promotion with a whole other crew of like, quote, unquote, like indie darlings. You know, and I'm, I'm not saying that in a bad way, but I want to see like, will people, will, you know, spitefully hate the NXT workers now because they're going head to head with this, the, the new shiny promotion. You know, AEW is like this new shiny promotion. It's got a lot of buzz. There's a lot of hope that, yeah, you know, it's good to have more product to watch, right? You know, and especially here in the States, you know, uh, but it's it's going to be interesting to see how the fan bases get split. You know, which side do they take? Are they going to you know spite hate NXT because 
and I'll see, you know, you know, NXT's at fault because they've been they, essentially they added an hour. You know, they could have just, you know, you know, they added an hour, which is actually good because more people get more TV time. But uh, another thing, I hope, I hope they just let NXT be NXT. Uh, I hope you know they don't get. The, uh, you know, I hope they don't tinker with the formula. The, the, the thing I don't like about NXT going two hours is because I always loved it because it reminded me of Saturday morning wrestling where it was a one hour show at the end of the show. You, you, they left you want more, but with the two hours, what I do like about the two hours is more people get t- more TV time and stuff like that. But, um, uh, uh, it's, it's definitely going to be interesting. Uh, and I, you know, I got friends in both. I got friends in AEW. I got, uh, friends in NXT. I got a couple students in NXT. So it just, uh, uh I want everybody to do well. And, um, hopefully it doesn't hurt anything. You know, I hope, you know, I know I'm rambling here and I know I'm, I know it sounds like I might be given like safe answers, but I really do want everybody to do well. But, uh, well, no, that makes sense. You know, I mean, at the end of the day, you just want to see people succeed in a, in a business that you love and that you've worked in, and nothing wrong you know, with it, that. Yeah, the boys want everybody to do well. It's the fans. Fuck them. Fuck them. Fuck them. Yeah. But the boys want everybody. I mean, all this back and forth, and you know, us versus them. Yeah, I guess a little bit, but the boys want everybody to do well. You know. Yeah. Yeah. So it's the fans that are the ones that are like, fuck them, fuck this. I, yeah, I don't, get, I don't get why they're, you know, there has to be, you know, you choose a side. I mean, in this day and age, you could still safely watch both shows and not miss any action. You could DVR one and then watch the other one live. Or This is why know. they're fans. Right. <laughs> as, much as, they, as much as they act like they know what's going on. Everything right. Else. They're acting like fans. Right. It's like being a Met fan and a Philly fan. You can't do it because <laughs> we're fans. Do you think the Mets have to give a fuck about the players in Philadelphia? No. They want to beat them when they play them, but they don't hate each other. There's no rivalry on their end. Hey, look at look at the football game. Look, watch the NFL every Sunday, and these guys go out there and they're beating the shit out of each other. And then after the uh, the game, they're swapping jerseys and they're kneeling in the prayer circle together. You know, people from both teams. Yeah. But but like you know, you know, I'm an Eagles fan, and you know, me and the Dallas fans are like chipping back and forth. Meanwhile, the players are you know swapping jerseys and all that stuff. You know. So, That's why, it's as business. much as much. As- the fans don't want to act like they're fans. They're fans. Yes. Correct. You are correct, sir. Yes. <laughs> this is a listener, and he writes in non-wrestling related question, which I think we always like these. These are always a little bit different off the off the beat, off the beaten path. Mike and Jerry, what is the most rewarding part about parenting? Uh, also, what is the most challenging? Jerry, your thoughts, Mikey. Ha- very good. How many <laughs> kids would you want 
<laughs> wow. So Christopher Martin's a really good dude. Just really wants to ask about the rewarding part of parenting and what's the most challenging. Have you heard of Bam Bam Bigelow? <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. I don't even believe this. The one serious fucking question. Son of a bitch. Meanie, you see what I deal with every week. That's fucking amazing. You know why the shows are usually only 45 minutes. We record for three hours. We do. We have to cut so much out. You know, I'm looking at Um, tweets here. Mojo Riverfish. Yeah. Yeah. He sent a lot. He he must spend time in my bedroom. (laughs) Why are you saying that? He put angel... Well, you refuse to do. What? Wow. He, he's asking about an angle we refuse to do, but he put angel. Right. I, I saw that. That's. Uh, it's like, angel, you, you refuse to do. Uh, as you know. <laughs> <laughs> Christopher, uh, I'm going to answer this question for Mikey. He loves being with his kids, doing all different kinds of activities. You're really involved with their sports. Um, just a good dude. Just a good dad. What would you say is the most rewarding part of being When they go there? to bed. There you go. Um, no. Uh, it, it, on a serious note, which you don't get that very often from me, being a dad is the greatest fucking thing. Honestly, for me. They drive you crazy and everything else, but it is the great for me. It's the greatest thing that you have these little people that you bring into the world that you raise, and they look up to you like you can do no wrong. Like you are, at least we're still on this stage. I am their idol, and so is Angel. And it's just, I come home from work, and they're all excited to see me. They come running up, hugs, Daddy's home, and it's the greatest thing in the world. I could have the worst day ever. The most massive headache ever. I come home and they come up to me like that, and for at least 30 seconds, I'm good. Curtis Dare uh, also writes in again. He said, I've heard some stories about the backstage of what happened in the ECW arena. Just curious if you guys have any other stories about the craziest thing or things you have ever seen or taken part in. Uh, any type of debauchery would you like to share now with the rest of the world? My first night in like when I, I debuted and uh we had the fair thing where uh cactus went to hit Terry with the fucking flame and chair shot and the chair the the, the flame and tap flew off and Terry went up in flames and the lights went out and people were rushing for the exit and just like standing in the back and then Terry Funk comes through the curtain and he is doing the Terry Funk death march, which <laughs> like he was pissed. He, you know, those big ass fans, like these huge fans with the stand, the wide base that has to hold them out. He just grabbed one of those. <laughs> oh, different fans, sorry. No, 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 no. Actual the circular uh, cooling fans, not not that kind of fan. Oh. But he tra- he grabbed one of those, one-handed, and just threw it across the room. And just, uh, it's like, I was like, and this is my first night in the company. I was like, well, <laughs> no, no, I guess there's no uh, greater way to come into the company than uh, 
seeing the company almost get shut down and uh, my first night in, you know, I was like, holy shit. The worst part, you- the worst part about that was not only did the chair, the, 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 the towel go flying off the chair at the phone, which burned his arm, which yeah. then Terry flung it into the fucking crowd, which then caused, then the lights went out that he would hold deal with dreamer and everything else. Yeah. Well, then somebody comes from the back with a fire extinguisher. It wasn't one of the, you know, the wrestling fire extinguishers with, with the, the CO2. Right. And it wasn't full of water. It was full of the fucking powder that sucks all the oxygen out of the air. Yeah. I remember that. So now people that. are like, ah, ah, like choking. I'm like, oh, my God. <laughs> uh, it was total spinal tap shit, man. Oh, my when, God. When Cactus came to the back, I wanted to talk to Terry. Terry fucking just laid into him. You. You stupid oh. motherfucker, you goddamn jackass, you fuck it. And she started going off, and like Cactus was like on the verge of tears. Like he felt like complete dog shit. That Terry just I went was... completely fucking off on him. Yeah. Yeah. So and Mick was fucking devastated. Absolutely devastated. And then he told me that Terry had called him uh, like a week later uh, and left a message on his phone saying, Terry, what, a, what an asshole he was. For do, we're saying that to Cactus and all this shit. I was like, wow. But I remember Cactus felt like he felt terrible. That was a fucking heavy deal. Yeah, <laughs> that was the night I won the belt. Oh, wow. Yeah, that was. Yeah, yeah congratulations. Great. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> wow. All right, for the sleeping Jerry Lynn, for Mikey Whipwreck, for our guest this week, the Blue Meanie, I am Mike Freeland. I hope you enjoyed it. We had a lot of fun, and uh, we will catch you guys next week on Front Row Material. <laughs> Very good. The rule.